Welcome back to the Teacher Empowerment Summit and welcome to our next video. I am excited to introduce Linmara Colon, who shoot, ah, well, I got your name, but not the words after it, so we're going to try again. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Hello and welcome back to the Teacher Empowerment Summit. I'm excited to introduce our next speaker, Linmara Colon, who brings the perspective of a teacher, assistant principal, and principal all positions that she has held since joining education in 2003. She's an advocate for all students and believes that no matter where they come from, every student should have a magical experience. We're gonna learn a little bit about her and her ideas towards education, which I think will be very empowering for all the teachers and principals on here. Uh, so with no further delay, Lin Mara Colon, welcome to the Teacher Empower Empowerment Summit. Hi, hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, gladly. Um, I was I was excited and actually got in touch with you from another one of our speakers as well. And it's been really neat to see how uh, so many of the kind of people right up in this top really influential sector of educators talk to each other and have these ongoing conversations. And uh, when a project like this summit comes up, actually can kind of help coordinate and get everybody together on a on a similar project, which is neat. All right. That's awesome. Um, it's the power of connection. Yeah. So uh, just as an intro, let everybody know today where you're calling in from and uh, where you call home. All right. So um, my name is Limara Colon. I go by um, Lynn. I serve as the director of English language learners uh, programs and services for Prince William County in Northern Virginia. We're about 30 miles outside of D.C. Uh, I have the pleasure of uh, supporting 97 schools in our district and 100 sites. Prior to that, I was a principal of an elementary school, um, serving 1,200 students from all over the world, very diverse population. Prior to that, I was an assistant principal uh, at a Title I school with a large Hispanic population, and I was a teacher. Uh, there also served as a teacher in Texas and a, and a social worker. Originally from Puerto Rico, all my schooling and first degree was completed there. So right now I'm serving in a role out of purpose because I am an English learner myself. So very exciting to just have a lot of influence uh, in regards to the work that we're doing, uh, the policies that we're writing and implementing and just creating magical experiences for English learners. Excellent. Uh, and what was out of this, this new project? It sounds like with all 97 schools that you might be visiting, um, but what was the most recent school that you were at? So I was at a school um, Friday. 80% uh, of my time is spent in schools. So that's, that's really neat. So as a principal, you, you embrace this one building and you get to go to schools uh, sometimes to visit colleagues, but in this role, it has been amazing to see the entire park, like I see, and, and just um, see what other colleagues are doing for kids being able to connect principals and teachers, because I have the privilege of seeing great practices in, in action, uh, and then allocate resources, funds, and my time accordingly. So again, 80% of the time out there as a principal, I truly believe that the work is done by visiting teachers and spending time with them in classrooms. So now my classroom is our schools. Excellent. I, I like that metaphor a lot or that comparison. Your classroom is the schools now. That's really neat. 
Um, so to get down to the main idea of the Teacher Empowerment Summit, you've already mentioned magical experiences or kind of magical education. Uh, what is this main idea, this most empowering idea that you think teachers and principals everywhere would benefit from knowing? So, so here is the thing, and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit. When I was a, a young uh, child, I used to dream about going to Disney World every year. And I grew up in poverty in, in Puerto Rico, so it wasn't as easy. So as soon as I moved to the States, and I had some challenges getting here uh, because of my language, right, and, and just not having access, but I came as an adult, was an administrator, and went to Disney. And I remember going there and just feeling like nothing else mattered. The fact that I spoke a different language, uh, I was from another country, it didn't matter. The way they made me feel, uh, it just felt like I was the only one there that, that mattered to them. So I've always talked about taking this idea to schools where instead of just writing lesson plans, or following this curriculum, taking the approach of creating moments and experiences for kids. Because how cool would it be if you as a teacher went to work and your administrator is creating moments, experiences, or as a student, you go to school to experience things. So just looking at lessons uh, that way and having those conversations where you're studying life cycle and suddenly we're creating moments uh, racing butterflies or, or other creatures um, or experimenting things. I think that uh, kids come back for that. Moments combined with relationships, it's a great idea uh, and could make our schools uh, better. It worked for us when I was a leader. I led a school of improvement and in two years we moved from improvement to excellence. So I think there's a place uh, for that and, and people come because of the way they they're being made feel so why not look at our lessons with that approach yeah that's um yeah that's uh i, I love that idea the comparison to disneyland of essentially it would not matter really what happened there if the entire time you feel absolutely accepted and like it's just this continuous magical experience in building up magical experiences in the classroom what what does that look like? Or, I mean, as, uh, as you even mentioned, if you're an administrator building those same experiences for your teachers, obviously the magic of Disneyland is something many companies emulate, the customer service, but we cannot all put uh, like a theme park in our school and have roller coaster rides. So what is it that actually brings that magic to the classroom or to the school? So I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Uh, the other day I was visiting uh, a school and we were working on lesson plans so we were really focused on the essential questions so what is it that we want our students to do and i think there's there's a place for that that is important but what if we shift it to how do we want students to feel as a result of this lesson uh, and the way i compare this when you go to disney you're saving a lot of money you're standing in long lines. You're paying $10 for maybe a drink, right? I don't know how much it is now. But at the end of the day, you forget all those things because what you take back is the experience, how they made you feel. So if we, if we wanna make sure that students leave our classrooms with a deeper understanding, then focusing on moments and those experiences is what we should strive uh, for. Same with teachers. I'm, 
I look at staff meetings, right? And that's something that I'm doing right now at a larger scale. We have all this information, but at the end, how do I want you leaving that time together? So we add a moments component at the end of what do you do with all this and you're sent off to do what? Um, so we're very strategic. We've done popsicles at the end of a staff meeting. We've done a lot of reflections, videos of people connecting with each other uh, and engaging in deep reflection. So making sure we have that closure with students and with our staff, I truly believe it's what's going to have them coming back. That's a great description. And I want like every teacher and especially I, I, in that example, specifically principal to think back on their last staff meeting and just how many people left feeling like it was a Disneyland experience as opposed to uh, at least most staff meetings I have been to or talked to other teachers about and it doesn't take a lot of time on Facebook or anywhere else. Uh, but most teachers are not describing their staff meeting as a Disneyland like experience. I love that, that comparison of how do you leave those meetings feeling like that. So you gave a couple examples in, um, in that staff meeting, right? A couple ways to end that. Uh, it sounds like the, there's probably a little bit more of a process than just, because um, I also know somebody might hear that and be like, okay, if I throw popsicles at the end of a terrible meeting, suddenly it's Disneyland and we know that's not the case either. What does that process kind of look like for you to turn uh, help a school or, you know, in the case of going from needing improvement to excellence, um, what, what's the process for kind of working towards these magical moments and that, that culture? So uh, I'll tell you, I think feedback is very, very important. Um, you have to do life with your people, fall in love with your people. Uh, and I always say that, that it's like a relationship. Um, I'll tell you right now, I'm in the dating stage with my staff. It's my first year and I am working really hard to have them fall in love with me, right? Because I'm, I'm the new kid. Uh, they've been there. Uh, they know how things work. So I'm, I'm listening. I'm doing a lot of listening. And I think that that's something that leaders need to do and teachers need to do in the classroom because uh, we have customers. I know when I came with this crazy idea of, of leading with a Disney mentality, uh, I had to bringing it to the staff with the expectation that I was gonna lead it for them and they were gonna lead it for the students and the parents. So getting a lot of feedback from them and also doing a lot of listening. Uh, I, I had a group of what I call cocoon friends. Uh, th these are the group of teachers that they tell you the truth and love you still because that's important, right? You need people like that uh, in, in your life that give you feedback when you're going too fast or you're going uh, way slow. But then uh, I'll give you an example, uh, Jesse. So staff meetings. Uh, I, I heard from the staff, we are really not excited to show up at 7.30 to hear you talk. Did it hurt? Yes, <laughs> because I made PowerPoints and I made tons of copies and I had donuts and I thought the donuts were the moments. But here's the thing. Some people are living a healthy lifestyle. So the donuts was not doing it for them. So we got rid of staff meetings and we created moments for people to learn because by listening and being open to feedback, I learned very quickly that the PE teacher was not interested in learning about the language arts curriculum. He didn't see any need for it. So um, we created moments uh, for, for people to come and leave as if 
wow, I'm ready to do this work. Uh, we're at this scale now, um, we were talking about serving others. I had heard from many schools where they feel once you move to central office, you've moved to the dark side. And, and that bothered me because I was fighting uh, really hard to be, to be light. And uh, that's where the popsicles came, right? There's this hotel in California and they give Cheetos and popsicles and fold your towels all for free. And it's not about having a fancy room, but about the service. So after we talked about how our work was supposed to look like in schools, we did the popsicles to show them this is how our teachers and administrators should feel when we go to the schools as if we are serving them. So creating those moments to where when they ask, when they get out, hey, where were you? What were you doing? Oh, we got popsicles. Because you close with that, right? They're not going to remember all the papers that we went over. They're going to remember how we made them feel at the end. Uh, so I think we have to be very strategic with that. But we have to know our people. And the same with, with kids. You got to know your customers so you can be intentional about those moments. And that's something that Disney does all the time. They, they look for feedback and they're very intentional about the things that they're doing. You're seeing people smiling. They make you feel like they really care to the point where kids from Make-A-Wish Foundation, they're dying and they're, they're choosing to go there as one of their wishes. So how cool would it be if an administrator had people fighting to work at their school? or students saying, I want to go to that school because of the experiences uh, kids you know, are, are, are having. Um, so just leading with that mentality, but it, gotta, it, it has to start from the top. The leader needs to see a need to create moments for the staff and the staff truly believe that that can be a game changing um, for kids. And that will eliminate pockets of excellence because um, no matter which teacher you have, if we're creating moments, it wouldn't matter, right? Everyone would have access to a great experience regardless of the teacher or school they would go to. Okay. When you say access to these moments regardless of the school that they go to, or I guess the teacher that they have, is that moment then for the entire school or how are you creating these moments that every student in a school would experience um, instead of having the one teacher that's a pocket of excellence? So that's um, one of the reasons we, we got away from staff meetings and created spaces for collaboration because I understand that in schools, sometimes it's challenging for teachers to see each other in their element in the classrooms. So instead of coming together to hear me speak and go over a PowerPoint, teachers would come together to talk about how to create uh, these, these moments. Um, and then again, by being in classrooms, I was able to see that um, it, it was not always easy because it requires us to have an open mindset, right? And, and think outside of the box and outside of, of this curriculum that says, okay, on day one, you're going to do this. On day two, you're going to do that. But with a lot of modeling and, and conversations, I think we can, we can get there and asking the kids really what they want to experience using your outside, using, you know, just being creative with spaces. That's what a makerspace um, is, right? They, they go there and they're having an experience and they're thinking outside of the box. And there's 
people out there that are being very innovative in the things that they're doing in the classrooms. Uh, so yeah, I, I think getting together and just talking about different ways of looking at lessons besides that paper pencil or just plugging kids to software, it's a good start. What are some of the more successful examples of this that you've seen, especially now that you have so many schools, it seems the potential for this idea to, to be tried out in different ways has grown by 97 times roughly from where it was before as you had one school. What, what did you see work at your first school where you were principal and what did you see work or what do you see work this year in your new position as well? Oh my, so I'll, I'll start with my school and, uh, yeah. you know, we had uh, people who was, who did amazing lessons. We had drones and I'll give you an example. We, one of our boilers had broken down and we had a drone donated for the school. And, and the teacher came up with the idea of what if we fly the drone over that and have the kids explore what really what the problem is and then have them do some research about the cost of fixing the boiler. And I thought, oh my, that is, that is an amazing um, idea. Uh, uh, you know, creating this moment of you get picked up by your parent and they ask you, what did you do today? Well, we flew a drone and we know how much this is gonna cost. So uh, that's one example. But now that I get to visit schools, I, I get to witness the amazing work of my colleagues. We have schools that are creating videos that the students are totally in charge of the morning announcements and editing. Um, we have kids in charge of podcasting. We have uh, Twitter teams where kids are just tweeting moments that are happening um, at the schools. I was just part of a conference in a high school where it was completely student-led. And I was blown away by the leadership skills of the students. Uh, you had the Instagram coordinator. You had the person who scheduled the speakers and um, who took care of the speakers, who, you know, kids who were setting up rooms. And it, it was just amazing because one standard was taken to another level by exposing students uh, to this. Uh, so there's there's a lot of things that that can be done. I I always get the question about the financial piece, and yeah. my my answer is we need to look at our classrooms and schools like a Girl Scout cookie. Uh, you've seen you guys have Girl Scout cookies there, right? And you Abs see them absolutely. everywhere. <laughs> and uh, since the closing sale period just ended, we might have a few surplus boxes around the house. Store, stocking up, I, uh, I guess, for spring instead of winter now. But. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. You know when they're out there. These girls are everywhere. And the, the cookies keep increasing in price, but we still buy them because we believe in what they're doing. We know they're good, just like, like teachers and education. We know it's good for kids, right? We know they have a vision they're going somewhere they're saving for something and they're so cute who's going to tell them no so let's look at our classrooms and schools the same way i i i've moved people uh i never asked for me if it's always about kids i don't think that i've ever heard a no uh, especially when we're trying to just provide access to them so we we were able to secure a lot of funds 
like that. And like the drone was a donation, the one-to-one, we were able to provide every student with a device uh, by partnering with people, Osmos, um, you know, so many things. I, I can't even tell you, you know, murals, just different programs, just by, by asking, but we have to ask. Well, you have to ask and have the, the idea of these moments, I think, is also a stronger sales or even the clear one-to-one goal as opposed to asking for general funds. Or I know in Colorado, we have local taxes for schools pass fairly often, but the general state taxes almost never do because I think there's kind of a lack of clarity about what you would be paying for. But having these magical moments, just hearing about them, I can imagine making people want to fund that more than a general you know, check to a school where they don't have a goal. Uh, as you're describing these moments, I've heard a couple things. One was student leadership that showed up in a few examples, uh, thinking outside the box, and almost all of them sound, seem to have some element of actually creating. So the, the um, podcasts, the videos, all that. Are there other elements of these magical moments? What as opposed to maybe specific examples, because teachers all over the country and world can make their own magical moments that fit their students. But as they try to brainstorm some of those, are there other elements you would recommend they keep in mind or kind of secrets to building a good magical moment? So, you know, I always talk about um, ground them in your why. Why are you doing this? Um, If I asked you today, hey, is there anything you need? you should be able to tell me, yes, right? Imagine that I have all the money in the world. And I said, is there anything I can help you with? And that's something that I always have uh, in my head. Don't ever ask me that question because I have my list. (laughs) And I'm gonna tell you, um, and my superintendent will, will tell you every time he came to the school, let me know if you need anything. Well, by the way, let me tell you, I have a list, a, a clear vision, is a must and know your why i'm showing up for this and what is the goal what is it that i want to create for my stakeholders so um, right now i'm in the the development stage of the vision for for my department because i i really want to know uh more i i just moved into this house but when i was a principal uh, i knew this is this is what i want my school to be uh, I want my school to be this as a result of my leadership, right? I want, I want my department to be better because I lead it. I want, as a teacher, I want my kids to have a better chance because I am their teacher. So uh, when you're planning, how does that fit uh, the, whole, the whole idea of creating moments? Because you want to be that principal, that educator, that, that teacher, that if a student has a sibling and they're coming out to whatever subject or grade you're teaching, that you're the one they ask for. That people are moving into that area because you are the leader. Uh, that, that people are moving into my district because, okay, you know what? Our English learners are gonna be okay because Lynn is leading that department. So when I wake up, that's, I always think about that. Uh, do my people have a better chance because of the moments I'm creating for them, the access that I'm creating for them, the professional development, right? Uh, so I'm very strategic about that. What is it that they need that I have to get better at? Uh, and also 
I'm very aware of my weaknesses. So surrounding my people that can help me create moments in areas I am not as strong at. Uh, that that's also very important. I talked to you about the PE teacher. So that's something that I've done this year, uh, content areas that I have not taught. Okay, so let me find out who I want to invite to sit at my dinner table, because I want to make sure that I'm not creating moments for a specific group of people, but for all, right? When you go to Disney, they don't shut the door for whoever has mental health issues. Everyone comes in. They're not checking who you are or your background. It's, it's a great experience for all because they, they take all guests into consideration uh, and also monitoring that feedback, Jesse, because I wanna make sure, am I being effective and am I meeting the needs of my stakeholders? Sometimes we do things because we like them and that's the moment we would like, uh, but that's not the moment that our stakeholders um, needed. And if, if you don't a mind, I can like share. Your, your early morning meetings with donuts that not everyone was as excited. I, I know. And I can share with you. I had a failure this past week. Uh, I bought laptops for my team. And when I went to buy the laptops, uh, my request was, I want them to have something as amazing as I have. So I told the, the people I purchased the laptops from, get me something that I would like. And, you know, they, they joke, okay, Princess Lynn from Disney, she's going to want something magical. Well, guess what? I failed to ask my people what they needed. So I'm assuming that because I wanted a Cadillac of a device that they were going to be excited. And here's the thing. They didn't need uh, something expensive or glitzy they had different needs. So I had to be a big girl, apologize for, for not asking and then fixing it. Because at the end of the day, it was, I made it about me and my, and I had great intentions, but I'm not using the device. Uh, they are. So lesson learned. And I should have known better, but it, it goes back to if you're going to create moments for people, then you have, they have to be at the center, not us. Yeah. You can't decide what other people will like for them. It does not work out well. Yes. And then be mad because they don't like it. <laughs> so I shed a tear or maybe two, but then, you know, I, I recognize, Oh, hold on. I missed a step asking them. So I feel a lot of teachers can probably identify with, I think every teacher I know has at least one of those lesson plans where they think it's the best lesson plan in the world and everyone will be excited. And then it just doesn't register at all. And the students are, you know, at, at best bored with them and they're destroyed because they were so invested in this lesson plan that uh, they thought was the magical moment. And so I think that's an excellent reminder that it's only magical if the people you're giving it to also think that it's magical. Uh, one. <laughs> Right. One idea that comes up kind of as I'm listening to this is, and unfortunately, this is just a reaction that happens to almost every nice thing in the education system. But the idea that creating these magical moments in the classroom doesn't show up on the standards. Obviously, you were able to use them in a way that did actually the school measurements went from needing improvement to excellent. Whereas I know the, the first reaction of struggling schools I've been at when you try to bring something new in 
is, well, we don't really have time to focus on these magical moments because we have to get our test scores up and these magical moments aren't on the syllabus. So I'll never be able to convince my principal or get the other teachers on board. What is your response to that idea that if it's not in the standards, it's really not a good use of our time to build these magical moments? I think that is a great question. And I, uh, we were asked that question a lot, but this is what I'm gonna say. Uh, if you heard the TED talk from Rita Pearson, she clearly says that kids don't perform for people they don't like. I think the reason people keep coming to Disney is because of the way they're being made feel, not because of the price, right? Clearly it's very expensive. So if you have students that are engaged because of the moments you are creating, that are going through a brick wall for you, they're gonna wanna learn. Uh, I, I, I noticed that our attendance increased because kids wanted to come to school. Uh, our surveys went up, kids feeling safe, kids feeling valued, and teachers just knowing more about how their students learn. I also, as a principal, learned more about my staff. Um, I challenged myself every month to write next to their name a strength that I noticed in them. People went through a brick wall for my vision because I put that, that whole idea first of creating moments for them. Uh, if you're tired as a teacher, you're not gonna wanna stay it after, right? Uh, right? When people started believing in this, they started clubs, they started meeting with kids, because I, I'm creating moments for you with that expectation. Kids are excited to come to your classroom, to come to school. How can performance no go, not go up? When parents are hearing kids that are complaining about snow days because I can't miss school, I wanna go back to school. When our after school events are packed because teachers wanna know who is this person that's changing my students? So I. Yes, we had the scores. Yes, we made School of Excellence. But I'm going to tell you, we got married, Jesse. I mean, we were, we were dating. Um, we got engaged in this process. And at the end, we were, we were married. We had a lot. I call them Dr. Phil moments uh, because we went to therapy a lot. But that's what people do. I'm not going to lie. There were times where we felt, oh my, uh, what if it doesn't happen? But improvement is not something that happens overnight. Uh, it's a process. It's a process and I know what you're saying, but kids are more than a number. And, and I will not apologize for, for saying that. Just like the teachers are more than a number. If you're in classrooms, you know what your people are doing and what they're giving. Uh, I celebrate growth. That's my mindset. I'm all about growth, and as long as students are, are giving their 100% under making growth, uh, I think that it's, it's worth celebrating, especially for our English learners, uh, because language takes time, right? And they, they might not earn that perfect score, uh, but I think if they have teachers that are creating moments for them, uh, you're going you're gonna to see success. So don't lose hope. I wanna, I wanna tell teachers, don't lose hope. And, and also, whenever you have FaceTime with your administrator, it's a perfect opportunity to, to share this concept and also invite them to be part of it. Because I know as a leader, anytime that I receive the text, a boxer, 
uh, or any communication from teachers, hey, you have to come see this lesson. How could you not? How could you not capture that? Uh, nobody's going to want to see paper pencil activity. But if you're doing something really cool, invite your administrator because it goes beyond that 45 minute evaluation, right? And they're seeing you in a different light. And then when people come that they want to give money or tours or whatever, they know where to take them. Okay. On something you just mentioned made me think I had this question earlier. Um, compared back to my own, I started at a 98% ELIS school as well. Um, mostly immigrants and locals that primarily spoke Spanish. And then we would have some African refugees uh, come through. And by the time I left, uh, a few students from the Syrian conflict as well. So lots of language, uh, quite a few where uh, the Syrian students were especially unique because they also were completely literate because they just had stopped formal education at a very early age. So tools like Google Translate no longer helped at all because they would demon, you know, show them symbols that they had never seen or were, were unfamiliar with, at least could not read. Um, but the ideas of these magical moments, something that I'd just like to hear from your perspective, how they're working with ELA students as well, but these more experience-based and kind of magical moment-based teaching methods seem to transcend language barriers much more because you, you can have, like you said, a happy Disney moment, even if nobody at Disney is speaking a language that you understand or at least your native language, there's still obviously very happy tourists from all over the world enjoying Disney World and Disneyland. So in your experience, especially in this role that you have, how have these moments helped or, or interacted differently or similarly with the students that do speak different languages? Oh, it's, it's been amazing. And I will say that our division has done a lot of work with technology and innovative practices for our students. I know at the school that I was, we had Project Lead the Way launch, uh, which is for the elementary students. And you could have a newcomer that spoke no English, just speak the language of coding. Uh, and, and show mastery of, of a standard, you know, by putting a robot together uh, or uh, looking at, you know, things on the microscope. So I think that's why it is so important to move away from that paper, pencil, textbook, because you, you see kids excited. That's what true access looks like. And then as a teacher, you get better feedback because now I get to see this kid in action, excited, and see things that uh, they were able to probably do in their country, or even the potential, even for a student that has limited interrupted schooling. Now you can see, oh, wow, this student can build things. Uh, so let me pull from that. Uh, and then, you know, for kids that, again, attendance is it's huge for English learners, because if I don't feel safe, or I don't feel like I matter because I'm plugged into a software and sent to the back of the classroom and I'm embarrassed because now everyone knows that I don't uh, master the language. I don't wanna come to school. But if you have these moments in class, how powerful is that? And then the communication looks a little bit different and they can actually interact with their, with their peers. So I have seen it uh, work well uh, we have a lot of professional development in our division to support teachers with that, but it starts with the mindset that every kid can. Thank you. Um, ha. 
got to stop saying um so much. I just like every now and like I, I have the process and I'm thinking through the whole thing. Uh, so a teacher that is seeing this and is getting excited and wants to start building these moments, like you said, it starting from the top, if you have the entire school aiming at them, obviously you'll have a greater capacity for it. But, uh, and this is a good time to remind all of the teachers and principals watching, if you see this and you really want your principal to see it, send them the link uh, right during the, the entire summit, registration is free still, and you can also buy the VIP pass so that afterwards you can watch it for the entire rest of the year. You can get all of your other friends, but you have to, to register while the summit is still occurring. So I want to remind everybody of that as well. But if one of these teachers is seeing it and maybe they can't get the rest of their school on or not their principal, but they wanna start working towards this in their own classroom, um, or you know, principal wants to start working on it in the school tomorrow, what are maybe some baby steps either tomorrow or this next week that they could take to start moving towards magical moments? So, um, well, there's two resources that I love, the Power of Moments uh, book and also Creating Magic. Uh, but what something that you can do tomorrow in, in your work setting is take a lesson or maybe your next staff meeting or you have a presentation and just be intentional about how you want your audience to leave after that. What moment or how can you close? Because we're really good about setting the stage, but not closure. Have you ever thought about that? Uh, because we're always rushing. So what can you do to leave people feeling as, wow, that's, that's the best class I've ever had. I can't wait to go back or I can't wait to tell my parents about it as it's from a student's perspective. Oh, as a staff, how, how can you inspire them to do this work to where they're just thinking, oh, what just happened? This was amazing. Uh, how can people feel inspired? So whatever theme, be intentional about uh, that moment. And don't ever make it about you, make it about them because we are here to serve people. So going in with that servant mentality will change everything because you're putting the guests first and that's what they do at Disney, right? Uh, it's about the guests and how they're made feel and not necessarily um, about the employees. So I would say tomorrow, just, just do that. And, and even as you can create a moment just by going in a building and if someone, I don't know if you ever work in a place like this, but some people walk past you and they don't acknowledge us or say good morning, stop. Say, hey, good morning. How are you? Have a magical day. They're not going to know what to do. <laughs> They're going to say, why is this person so happy? So you've just set the expectation that, yes, I'm having a magical day and you should too. Or even when you're answering the phone, uh, something that we do is, uh, how else can I serve you today? That lets us know, have I met your needs? Uh, and, and people are blown away. What, you wanna serve me? Yes, I'm here to serve you. Okay, uh, if there's nothing else, have a magical day. <laughs> They're just, okay, did I just call a school? I guess, we just run business like Disney. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say that does not people. Yeah, that does not sound like the standard central office call that I imagine from most districts. Uh, but you will never forget us, and that's right. what you're aiming for. You, you, will, you will stand out because we have forgotten to create moments 
for people. Uh, another thing that I was going to say, what if instead of gifts or things, going back to the donuts, we create moments because people remember that. Yeah. At the end of a staff year, if you've had a hundred donuts or a hundred moments that made you enjoy life, obviously the moments are going to be better long-term as well for you than the hundred days of donuts. One yeah, thing so teacher appreciation, it's one, one opportunity instead yeah. of all the things that you don't need. What if we created experiences for our teachers? Yeah. As you described walking down the hallway, uh, I just kind of imagined like, it, it made me think that in schools, unfortunately the standard maybe hallway interaction even between teachers is maybe a bit like, you know, neutral to kind of happy. And because both people are at that level, everyone accepts it. But when one person suddenly is like, hey, this is the new normal for happiness, it just feel like most people are gonna wanna come up and only the few negative people are gonna wanna drag you back down with the like, is it really a magical day? And that'd be a good indication to avoid them anyways, but just you know, imagining a peer even being like, hey, have a magical day in the hallway. It's like, oh, I, I guess I will, uh, which is a, a good feeling. So. Excellent. So can I tell you a secret? Please, yeah. I had, I had little bags of uh, glitter that I called pixie dust, and then I would drop them into those negative Nellie's mailboxes. Uh, yeah, you maybe need a little bit of pixie dust, and we made a joke out of it. <laughs> but, but I mean, there's so much greatness out there for us to be sad about this work, and, and we just have to be happy. We get to affect change for our students. And that is an honor. That is a privilege. You don't see grumpy people at Disney. And I'm sure that they have problems. They have issues too. But they are within character. And if we want to model, be models for students, then we, we really have to be intentional about our behavior and how we're coming across. Because we, we all have things going on. But at the end of the day, we have the privilege of working with little people. And that's, that's something amazing. So we cannot take that for granted. That alone, that last little section is a message that I wish we could get to just about every teacher in the world who I, everybody can benefit from that. I love that mentality. If other people also want to hear more from you, hear more thoughts, other than, again, the VIP pass that'll let you access the material all year long. If you don't have one yet, you should really get one at this point. Um, but other than the VIP pass, how can people find more from you? Do you have a website, a Twitter? Where, where should we be following you? I'm on Twitter, at the Colognes. I'm also on Instagram. You can search my name. I'm there. It's, it's pretty public. Uh, and also on Facebook. So that, those three, I would like to think I'm pretty responsive. So if you have any questions, um, feel free to send me a message and I'm, I'm pretty responsive uh, following up. So we're in this together. Perfect. All right. And we will include some of the links uh, that she just mentioned there down below so that you can find her even easier uh, and follow her on any of those platforms. Before we go, Linmara, do you have any more ideas, any closing comments that you think every educator out in the world uh, should have before we go? So this is what I will say. I know that uh, we've talked about a lot of things and some educators might be thinking, oh, how can I make 
this magic happen in, in our buildings. Uh, I will say that Walt Disney say that if it was easy, everyone would do it. And it's kind of fun to do the impossible. Uh, I believe in leading this way. I believe in teaching this way. So um, keep at it, stay the course, uh, but be very intentional about making magic happen for our kids because it doesn't do us any good to have a school that runs like Disney and the next one runs like Chuck E. Cheese. So let's all be together in making <laughs> sure all of our schools run like Disney. Perfect. Two different mouse-themed amusement opportunities, <laughs> one of which has a slightly better reputation, I would say. I love the comparison. <laughs> all right, so to be a Mickey Mouse school and not a Chuck E. Cheese mouse, I'm not even sure he has a name. Uh, just the general rat at Chuck E. Cheese's. Uh, so with that, thank you so much for joining us. Until next video, bye everyone and thank you. <laughs>